So, we are in Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to be looking at verses 5 and 6. Hebrews 11. <clears throat> we're also going to read Genesis 5, 18 to 27. Um, <clears throat> and by doing so, we will have covered uh, two-thirds of the passages in the Bible on Enoch. <laughs> so... Uh, Hebrews 11, 5 to 6, and then Genesis 5. <clears throat> All right, it says this. <clears throat> Hebrews 11, 5 to 6 says this. <clears throat> now faith is the... Uh, whoops, sorry, that's not it. Uh, Hebrews 11, 5 to 6 says this. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And Genesis uh, chapter 5, verses 18 to 27. When Jared had lived 162 years, he fathered Enoch. Jared lived after he fathered Enoch 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. And thus all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, its challenge to us every time we uh, crack it open and and look. Lord, we thank you that it encourages us, it strengthens us. Uh, Lord, it it presses us closer to your heart. God, I pray this morning that uh, you would speak through these verses. And God, as we reflect on the life of Enoch, uh, may we be challenged. to walk in faith, uh, to, to pursue your pleasure, uh, to, to honor you in all that we do, to acknowledge our creator and to acknowledge his character of love toward us. God be with us this morning. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so I was reading up on Enoch, and came across uh, uh, another preacher's sermon on Enoch, a very um, prominent preacher from the 1800s, Sir Charles Spurgeon. 1876, he preached a sermon on Enoch, and this is what he had to say about Enoch, and I thought it was fitting to start out with. Um, If Enoch had been pleasing to God by virtue of some extraordinary gifts and talents— or by reason of marvelous achievements and miraculous works, we might have been in despair. But if he was pleasing to God through faith, that same faith which has been wrought in you and in me, then the way in which men walk with God is open to us also. See, what that reminds us of as we think about the life of Enoch and, and the pleasure that God found in Enoch's life is that you have talents and, and you have gifts and you have 
uh, influence and you have achievements and things that you've done and accomplished. And there's no reason for us to minimize those things. Those are good things. They're worthy things. But if our relationship with God is based on those things, uh, then we, would, we should be feared because they don't add up to the perfection of God. We shouldn't minimize the value of them. It's rather, though, our faith in God that pleases him, that brings him pleasure. As we look at Enoch, it wasn't anything he did. It wasn't his achievements. It was that he pleased the Lord in walking by faith. And as we look at the two verses in Hebrews on, on Enoch, we, we see that there's a, uh, there's a background to how he lived. Two things. He, he had faith that God exists and had faith that God was a God who rewarded. So first, uh, let's look at God's pleasure. It's amazing here that there is something in us that brings pleasure to the Lord. Sometimes we think about ourselves and we think of ourselves as sinners and as failures and as broken, as mistake-ridden, and, and okay, sometimes that's true. Most weeks, maybe that's true of us. But God didn't look at us as we place our faith in Jesus in that way. Uh, too often we get stuck in our old self of broken, mistake-ridden, uh, never-hoping uh, person. But in Christ, he's given us a new identity, and in that identity is how God sees us. How God sees us by our faith in Christ is with pleasure. He delights in us. He enjoys us. He he enjoys our presence with him, just as he did Enoch. The word says um, in Genesis that we read, Enoch walked with God. He walked with him. He walked with God. Um. When you're with somebody, can you go two different directions? Is it possible to be with somebody and walk in two different directions? No, it's not. Enoch was together with God. He was, he was going the same way. He was walking the way that God was walking. He was with him. Uh, I've had many hands help me over the past year, and I'm privileged to say that I've had many people that are with me in building things, and every little thing that we've done in here has been with somebody. And I'm so grateful for the people that have been with me in hanging ballast, replacing them, in building tables, in painting floors, and, and it is so good to be with somebody. It, it's pleasing. It, it makes the work quick, right? I think it's Proverbs might be Ecclesiastes. Many hands make, make the labor light, something. That's right. That's right. There you go. Um, and so God, God takes pleasure in being with us. He, he walked with uh, Enoch. Enoch was together with him, was going the same direction. Um, the word further says, as, as Hebrews is reflecting on that fact that, that Enoch walked with God, it says that, uh, that you cannot walk with God without faith. Go back to Hebrews 11, uh, verse 5. 
Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. Why did God take such pleasure in Enoch? Because Enoch had faith in God. He, he trusted that the direction that God was going was the direction he also ought to be going. He was in one heart, one accord with him, and wanted to walk in the same direction. God took pleasure in Enoch because Enoch trusted the direction in which God was going. And so I had this question as I was uh, looking at this text, and the question is, when did faith first come into our picture? So I think a lot of times I think of it as like when Jesus came, we started to have faith, you know, or like that. And, but as we've been studying Hebrews, we've seen so many people of faith in the Old Testament. And as I thought about it more, I realized that faith goes back to the garden. It goes back to Adam and Eve. It goes back to before the fall. Often we think about faith coming after the fall, but, but really it was there in the very beginning uh, because faith is walking with God, right? Just as Enoch did, it's being with him and trusting him and following after him. God gave Adam and Eve a gift to have faith, the opportunity to have faith in what he said. God said, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they did. But the truth is, God had given them an opportunity for faith in that. He said, if you trust me, if you walk with me, I have pleasure and good for you. Don't eat of that tree. Faith has been there since the foundation of the world. It was there in the very beginning, an opportunity to trust and to walk with God. We can't, there's no way for us to walk with God except by faith trusting him, that the direction he's taking us in is the right direction. Why does this give him pleasure? Why, why does faith give God pleasure? I think there's two reasons as we look at this. In believing God and in, in believing that he exists, you acknowledge his supreme power. You, you acknowledge who he is, his identity, his all-knowing, all-surpassing, powerful identity. You acknowledge that. In believing he exists, you acknowledge his identity. He takes pleasure in you knowing that he is there. Second, in, in believing that he rewards, as, as uh, Hebrews 11 says, you recognize his divine love for his creation. His character, right? Not, not only do you recognize that he exists, but you recognize that he is a God who rewards, that he loves his creation, that he desires to be with them, not apart from them, separated in some way. He desires it so much that he'd give his only son to draw you in to his presence. He takes pleasure in our faith because in believing he exists, we acknowledge his identity. In believing he rewards, we acknowledge his love for us. <clears throat> so Hebrews 11, 5 to 6 says that uh, Enoch pleased God, and, and this is the way he pleased God, by, by having faith that God exists, and that whoever would draw near to him, uh, that he rewards those who seek him. 
So we're going to look at those two things uh, briefly in our time this morning. First, if we are to please God, if we are to draw near to Him, we, we have to believe He exists. <laughs> it's actually pretty obvious, right? Um, if we don't believe He exists, probably not a good chance we're going to be drawing near to Him. It's important for us to, uh, as we've talked about, it's important for us to engage in uh, conversations about our origin and about God's existence and how He came to be and all these sorts of things. It's important to have those conversations. Those are good conversations to have, uh, but they will never convince you of God's existence. Your your assurance, your hope in God, your assurance that He exists is always going to be by faith, by you uh, placing your faith in, in His existence. It doesn't come through head knowledge. It comes through you experiencing and having faith in the very living God. It's important for us to uh, make sense of what we believe and, and try to uh, learn more about the Scripture and, and learn more about its history and learn more about its context and, and learn all these things. And those things are valuable and fruitful. It's important for us to, uh, it's important for many, uh, maybe not every one of us, to study the original languages and, and, and get down to how the Bible was exactly written and, and understand all the different grammatical connections and everything. Like those are very important things. But praise be to God, our relationship with God doesn't depend on that. <laughs> Could you imagine if your relationship with God, uh, your, your closeness to Him, depended upon you going to uh, five or ten years of seminary-level study, uh, doctoral-level study of the, the existence and nature of God? Could you imagine if that's how God set up? You know what? You could spend that much time trying to understand and, and, and increasing in your knowledge of who God is. You really could. But praise be to God, it doesn't depend on that. You could be working in a coal mine all your life and have a better relationship with God than some of the people sitting in a, in a schoolroom and seminary. I guarantee it. <laughs> because our relationship with God doesn't depend on our knowledge or our achievements. It depends on our faith in His existence. And that brings pleasure to God. That from the highest level of education to the lowest, from the highest level of economics to the lowest, it doesn't depend on where you fall in our human uh, understanding of, of hierarchy. It doesn't matter. It depends on if you have faith that God actually exists. It brings Him pleasure. It brings in pleasure for these Hebrews who are hearing this letter, right, who are in the midst of persecution, uh, to, in spite of their circumstance, believe that God has given them something greater to hope for. It gives God great pleasure that they know, in spite of what they're going through, eternity with God is theirs, that this good gift of eternal life is theirs. Did they have special achievements? No, they were just normal humans, but they believed God exists, and it brought God great pleasure. See, drawing near to God and bringing Him pleasure, it, while it is principled, it isn't formulaic. 
uh, James says that if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. If we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. Okay, so very simple principle, right? If you spend time in God's word and you, you spend time praying, you spend time worshiping, you spend time with God's people, guess what? You're going to draw closer to God. I guarantee it. Like if you spend time investing in those things, there, it's, it's a principle. You will grow closer to the Lord. Or you, you can grow closer to the Lord, I should say. Because it's not a formula. It's not a formula. You can do all those things, and sorry for a little confusion there. Uh, you can do all those things and, and not be close to the Lord. You could be pleasing other people. You could be trying to show them that, hey, you're, you're doing the right stuff. You're going to church. You're, you're reading your word. You know, you're doing these things and still not like get it. It's principled. If you desire to draw close to the Lord, you, you must know him better and you must seek him and understand him and, and, and pray to him and, and give him your days. Those things have to happen if you're going to draw closer to him. But it's not those things that bring you close to him. It's your faith that he exists that increases your, your closeness to him. See, it's, it's principled in that there are things that draw you closer to him, but it's not formula that these things always draw you close to him. These things do draw you close to him when you have a heart of faith that he exists and you desire his presence as much as he desires yours. The very principles of drawing near to God are only experienced as we have faith in his existence. Maybe that's the easy part for you, to believe that God exists. Um, But the second part is maybe not so easy. It's not always as easy for us to believe that God is a God who rewards. Enoch brought pleasure to the Lord because he believed that God exists and that he rewards. So a few questions for us. When does God reward how does God reward? What does he reward us? Well, he has, he does, and he will reward us. Right? God's character never changes. And if we're saying from Hebrews 11 that God is a God who rewards, he is always rewarded and he will always continue to reward. He's been faithful. If you reflect on your life and, and look, look back uh, on your experience and your walk with God, you know He has rewarded you as you have placed your faith in Him. Every time you've taken a step in His direction, it might not have turned out the same way you thought it was going to turn out, but He rewarded you. Whether by peace or comfort or confirmation, He came to your aid and He was faithful. From the very first time you placed your faith in Him to every single day you live it out as we place our faith in him, he is faithful to reward. He rewards today. He gives us today the day of salvation. He gives us breath in our lungs today. He gives us an opportunity to influence for his kingdom today. He gives us the opportunity to hear and obey 
the word of God today. He is giving us a reward of today. And today we can either place our faith in God that he has a purpose in this day or we can walk a different direction and spend it in our own manner. He rewards today. He will reward. This is, as we've said many times, this is so important for these who are hearing this letter, who, who are facing persecution and facing difficulty. He rewards eternally. His rewards are beyond this world. Not only does he reward in the graces of today, in waking up in our families and the people we know and our jobs and all these provisions and things, he, he's rewarding today, but he's rewarding tomorrow as well. So as we walk through difficult circumstances, we know that this isn't the end for us. The end for us is eternal pleasure with the Lord forevermore. He rewards in the future. It gives us a great hope that our God is a God who rewards. How does he reward? He rewards through his word. Hebrews uh, Chapter 4, verse 12, we, we read, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. If you desire to know something about the Lord, His word will tell you. Um, many people have played Bible roulette, right? Flip it over there. Hey, there it is. <laughs> um, you know, um, trying to just like find the right answer for whatever thing it is. But as you are a person who commits yourself to uh, the study of God's word and, and commits yourself to knowing the Lord's word as he's revealed it to you and as he's enabled you to read it, he reveals truth to you. And it might not be in the way you expect. Um, this is why it's so important to have some sort of routine in which like, like you get in the Word on, on some regular basis. Because you never know. Like you never know what Scripture He's going to use to just blast you some week or some day. Uh, I'm so grateful for many an author who has put together great devotionals. One that I'm reading through right now is uh, Oswald Chambers. And uh, um, the name escapes me for some reason right now. Yeah, my utmost for his highest. Oh my gosh. Um, my utmost for his highest by Oswald Chambers. And uh, in many different seasons, I have read through that. And, um, and it's fabulous. He'll take one scripture and, and, and just encourage and strengthen from something you didn't expect. And how am I able to glean from that? It's from, it's from having a routine in which that is part of my day knowing that, that God's word is sharper than a two-edged sword, that it is piercing to the division of my soul, and that it will bring encouragement and strength unto me as I engage with it. So whether it's through a simple measure like that, uh, uh, reflecting on, on the scripture through the eyes of another that has studied it deeply, or whether it's through reading a chapter a day or getting yourself on some sort of plan where you commit to, hey, I, I value the word of God and I want to know what it says there, I want to understand it better because I know that God has revealed his truth and wisdom unto me in these pages. His word speaks to us. He rewards us through his word. He rewards us through his people. 
Acts 2, 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who, were believed, who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. He rewards through his people. As we fellowship with one another and as we encourage each other, we are there for each other. When a circumstance comes that needs help, we are here for you. He rewards through his people. He rewards through his Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that your body is the, the, is the temple, is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You're not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. The very presence of God, as you have placed your faith in Jesus, is living inside of you. We forget it all the time, and we, we get our minds off on whatever task we're doing, uh, but we have to remember that God is with us, not just distantly seeing us from afar, but like He is in the room. He is in our soul as we have placed our faith in Jesus. So whatever it is that we're going through at whatever time, uh, we can stop and ask the Lord, Lord, Holy Spirit, like, what am I supposed to do right now? And he's faithful to reward you with wisdom on that. He rewards through his word, his people. He rewards through his Holy Spirit. Um, what does he reward? It's endless. <laughs> it's endless, the things. Provision is a simple one. If he feeds the birds of the air, then clothes the lilies of the field, how much more does he care for you? He cares for you. He provides for you. We're so grateful for his provision. He, he gives peace in the midst of our circumstance. Philippians chapter 4, as we present our petitions and requests unto him, he is faithful to, to give us the peace that transcends all understanding. He gives us his peace. He gives us his knowledge. Jeremiah 33, 3 it says this, call to me and I'll answer you and tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. He gives you knowledge where you don't have knowledge. As you ask for him, as you, as you have faith in the fact that he is a God who rewards. And finally, as we've already said, he gives us his presence. At what cost has he given us his presence? But by the very blood of Jesus, he gives us his presence. So what do we walk away with today? God delights in you. God enjoys you. Like, he doesn't just love you, he likes you. You know what I mean? So often we think, oh, he's just got unconditional love for me, and I'm just this weary piece of junk person. It's like, no. Like, he cherishes your desires and loves you. And not only that, he likes you. He enjoys your presence. He takes pleasure in your existence. He formed it. He gave it to you. So if we desire to bring pleasure to the Lord and, and to draw near to the Lord, we have but two things to do. 
believe he exists and believe that he is a God who rewards. He's a God, a good father who gives good gifts to his children. He isn't withholding things from you sneakily to make your life difficult. (laughs) If he said no to some request that you've placed before him, I guarantee you it's for your good. Because he isn't a God who is there controlling you. He's never been a God who's been about controlling you. He's been a God who's given you the opportunity to walk in faith, to trust him, to to not eat of the tree, but rather to, to walk in the way he's asked you to walk. And anything can happen, right? I mean, I think about this story of Enoch and what an amazing story. He's one of like, I think we... We can't count more than five people in the Bible uh, that just was not. (laughs) He was, and then he wasn't. (laughs) Uh, So Elijah, uh, Melchizedek, potentially, Jesus, Enoch. That's four. I don't think there's any more. Um, He walks with God. And God says, that's enough. Let's go. <laughs> this is the God we serve. Like, he can do anything. You know, I loved your sharing some while you were singing there, just that God is a God that can do anything. And so often we limit him to our understanding and comprehension. He took Enoch, just took him. He didn't die. He just brought him up to heaven, said, you know what? It's time to go. Pack your bags. Well, maybe not even pack your bags. You just plop them. Boop. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> Here you go. <sighs> God is a God of, of miracles. I mean, he can do anything. All right, that's all. <laughs> we... We ought to have faith that God exists. We ought to have faith that he is a God who rewards. He can do anything in any circumstance and situation. And we will only draw closer to him as we believe those two things about him, that he exists, that he loves you, that he cares for you, that he likes you even, and that he is a God who rewards. Let's pray. God, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for its faithfulness to encourage and strengthen. We thank you for the reward of, of living in such a time that, uh, that one, we are, all, uh, we are all here literate and able to read, and that we can take these words that have been translated into our language and understand revelation about who you are. God, thank you for that great reward. I pray we would cherish it. Um, Lord, I pray that this week we would have faith in your existence. So often we walk about our week as if you don't exist, as if you're not interested, as if you're not even there. God, help us this week to know that you are there, that you do exist, and help us to walk accordingly. 
Lord, help us also to know that you're not some cosmic killjoy up there, but that you are a God who rewards those who draw near to him. God, you are a God who rewards. You give good gifts to your children. And for that, we thank you. God, we thank you mostly that, that you gave your son. You've rewarded us from the foundation of the world. You knew that your son, Jesus, was going to come as a sacrifice on our behalf. And you created this place anyways. Thank you for the reward of Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.